The following audio content is a talk given at the Inn, a college ministry of University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, theinnseattle.org. We invite you to join us each Tuesday at 9 p.m. on the corner of 16th and 47th in Seattle's U District. Last week, we started a new series here at the Inn, um, looking at God's purpose over God's plan. And Ryan Church spoke on one of the first questions that God asked us in Scripture of, where are you, when he's speaking to Adam in the garden? Um, And so Ryan challenged us to have just honest reflections on what that could mean for us. So I'm going to challenge us the same tonight. The question we're going to be looking at is, what's in your hands? And I would just encourage you guys to have some um, honest reflections as we look into that. But before we go there, I'm going to tell a little story about myself. And it has to do with just massive failure of mine. <laughs> but um, So when it came to school and all throughout my education, I considered myself to be like the classic good student, where I went to m- most of my classes in college. <laughs> But I did all my homework, and I got good grades, and that was just something that was natural about me, that it was just part of me. And then one quarter at UW, I took a little chance, and I tried a CSE class, which is computer science engineering. Um, And my thought process signing up for it actually went like this. I thought, oh, when I was in middle school, I could make some pretty sweet MySpace layouts. So... I'm probably going to be pretty good at computer programming. Uh, (laughs) As it turns out, I was not. And I was awful at it. And homework was due every Tuesday at 9 p.m., like, electronically. And, like, it stopped me from coming here to the inn because I would work on it, like, the second, like, 8.59, and I'd be too tired to do anything. And, guys, like, I went to every class, and I wasn't on Facebook during class, and I went to TA sessions, I went to study sessions, I met with other people in the class who looked like they were good at it. I didn't even, I just like (laughs) asked them to help me. Um, And I still could not get it. You could say it didn't compute. (laughs) 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 Okay. (laughs) The culmination, though, came with the final, and... I remember leaving my room and looking at my roommates and saying, I will be thrilled if I get a 50% on this final. And they kind of rolled their eyes at me. And what did I get? I got a 52. <laughs> so, I did it. And as it turns out, you can still get credit for a class at UW if you get a 1.5. So <laughs> that was like, like, it's funny to look back on now, but in the moment, It was like, it was traumatic in that way of, I had this plan where you go to college and you go to your classes, you get good grades, you graduate with a good GPA, get a good job, have a nice like salary and everything. That was the plan. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) turns out I'm not so good at the plan. And like, what, God, what is this? Um, What is going on? And maybe you guys can relate in some way of just something that you've completely failed at. And luckily, we can sort of treat it as a checklist of, all right, now I know I'm not doing computer programming. (laughs) Turns out that wasn't in God's plan for me. Um, He had other things, which we'll get to later. But tonight, as we continue to look at God's purpose in our lives over God's plan, um, I want us to pay careful attention to the gifts 
that he has given us. Um, but before we get there, I'd love to take a moment to just pray together. So if you could please join me in prayer. Jesus, I just thank you for this opportunity to be here tonight. Um, I thank you for everyone here, and I pray that you would give them ears to hear your truth and open hearts to receive it. Um, and Jesus, I pray that you would be with me and calm me, give me your words to speak, and I pray that as we seek to understand your purpose, um, that you would make it clear to us. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. All right, so to jump right into it, we're going to take an Old Testament um, and read a little bit from Exodus 4. And to give you guys a little bit of background, we're going to be talking about Moses. And Moses led the Israelites out of slavery. But before he did that, he had gotten on some bad terms with both the Egyptians and the Israelites, so he had fled from there. And that's where God speaks to him. And God tells him to go back to Egypt, to free those in slavery. And you can imagine that's not in Moses' plan because everybody here doesn't like him. But that's where we pick up at um, with this scripture. It's Exodus 4, verses 1 through 5. And so it says, Moses answered the Lord, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. And the Lord said, Throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out his hand and took hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord has appeared to you. All right, and just so y'all know that was verses 1 through 5. I'm going to skip 6 through 9, but I'm going to paraphrase it. Like, God gives Moses two more signs. So that was the first sign. He gives him two more, and so now... Moses has three different signs that he can use to prove to these people that the Lord has spoken to him. So we're going to keep going with verse 10, which says, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant, which was like a minute ago, but I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and teach you what to say. So when we're looking at this scripture and taking in light our question for tonight, the question of what's in your hands, and I want us to honestly start to think about what that means for what is in our hands. So to unpack the first bit of scripture, for Moses it was a staff, which is like a stick. And any shepherd of the day like, had, a, had a staff to lead their flock, and it was something that was just common it's kind of an identity thing because all shepherds had it, um, but it was very common and ordinary. Um, but the Lord took it and turned it into a snake, which I will briefly talk about that like, because we're not really going to go there. Moses' first instinct was fear, and we could ask a lot of questions about, like, are you afraid of what God has for you, or do you have fear of the future? Because we can see here that Moses did. He ran from it. Um, but God took something ordinary, something that Moses already had, and used it in a powerful way. And if you would keep reading through Exodus, it would talk about how Moses was obedient and he did go back to Egypt and he led the Israelites out of slavery using a staff to part the sea and lead them into freedom. And so what I want you to pick up on, on, on this so far is the use of what Moses already had and not what he didn't have. Because what did, what did Moses say? What was his excuse? He said, but Lord, I can't talk. 
Like, <laughs> he didn't see himself as enough. And he honestly was underselling himself and saying, like, no, 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 you've got the wrong one. Don't pick me. Whereas in Acts 7, Scripture says, scripture says that Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and deeds. That's contradictory. <laughs> and I think that we can see here, like, what fear does to us and how it stunts us and inhibits us from stepping into something greater. Moses was focused on himself and what he thought he couldn't do, what he didn't bring to the table and why he shouldn't be the one. Uh, this has been a picture of God speaking to Moses, but we see, this, we see this question of what's in your hands raised in other parts of scripture. And so if we look at the New Testament real quick, in Matthew 15, 34, um, there's a passage where Jesus is hanging out with his disciples, and there's a large crowd, about 4,000 in front of them. They've been there for a couple days, and they're all hungry. And the disciples are looking to Jesus, and they're saying, how are we going to feed all these people? Like, we don't have enough stuff to feed all these people. What are we supposed to do? And Jesus asks his disciples, he says, how many loaves do you have? Seven, they replied, and a few small fish. And the rest of this story goes to show how Jesus takes what they have and multiplies it. And scripture says that, all, they all ate and were satisfied. He takes the ordinary of what they had and does extraordinary things with it. Um, as I was preparing, as I was preparing for this, I took some time to think about my own life and reflect on this question of what's in my hands. And as I was in my senior year, about to graduate, like I was in a lot of the same boat as you seniors of thinking, I I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Like I have no plan. I know it's not computer programming. But other than that, I have no idea. Um, I just wanted to like freeze time because life is good. It's like it's sunny out in the spring, and I feel like I finally have college figured out, like kind of dialed in. But there's still this daunting unknown of what's in front of me and this sense of urgency to figure it out and to figure out a plan. Well, I had no plan. And I was graduating with a degree in psych and sociology, so I knew I wanted to do something with people. And I had, I'd been a Young Life leader throughout college, and that was honestly one of the greatest experiences in college for me. And I loved what I did with Young Life. I loved being a mentor to high school girls, and I loved talking about life with them. And that radically impacted college for me. And then I remember being at Winter Retreat for the Inn, and I remember, I think it was Janie, standing up there talking about, like, the internship. And I thought, oh, okay, like... I could apply for the internship. I can maybe do that. But similar to Moses, the first thoughts that came into my head were like, but, like, I don't know, I'm probably not qualified. <laughs> like, I haven't really been involved in the inn, so I probably, like, wouldn't be well-known enough, or I hate public speaking. And so, <laughs> like, I'm just really shy, and I'm really quiet. And I'm still pretty quiet now, but I used to be so, so quiet like, I didn't say anything. <laughs> so this is a big deal. <laughs> but, um, like, but what I did know is that I loved talking to people. Like, I loved listening and hearing people's stories. I loved talking through highs and lows of life. And I loved talking about Jesus. And so I thought, okay, I might as well try this. And I didn't think much of it. Um, and that's, that's kind of where we're going to, like, table the story for now is, like, applying for that and not really thinking much of it. But going back to the scripture that we've been looking at, another key aspect that I want us to hone in on tonight is on this, that Jesus cannot work with what we don't give him. 
And with Moses, we see him surrender the staff. And like, that's a huge deal. If you think back to, this is his job, it's his identity, it's what he's known by, he always has it with him. Every shepherd has their staff. It's his life. And God looks at him and says, throw it on the ground. And he quickly obeys and throws it on the ground. It's in that moment that God is able to do something with the seemingly ordinary staff that Moses has. And if we don't throw down our hypothetical staff, or if we don't give up the bread, if we don't lay down our gifts at the foot of the cross, then he can't do anything with them. It's in us like loosening our grips on figuring out the future, on having the right plan, having the career, the right spouse, or the right salary, and paying attention to what's already in our hands and surrendering that so that God can do something with it. And at the end of the Exodus scripture that we read earlier, there's an interaction between God and Moses where God says, you know, who does all this through you? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go and I will help you. And that is true for us too. Like God is a good God who wants to help us and he wants to be with us on this journey. And he tells us to go, but he also tells us that he will help us. I'm going back to my story. For me, throwing it down wasn't this like spectacular moment. But there was a realization of, I'm not in control of my life. And that's scary, but there's also freedom in trusting Jesus with that. That he will take care of my life. And a part of this process was me looking inward at the gifts that he had given me, the things that were already in my hand, but also what people told me. And I think that that's something, an encouragement for us as we, as we honestly seek what's in our hands, for us to be in community and talking about it. Um, for example, like I didn't necessarily conceive listening well as like this spectacular gift, but now I do. Now that I get to do what I do, I see that that is a gift because I've been around people who don't listen well, but then I've also been around people who listen well, and I can recognize how important it is. And the point is, is that it's a seemingly ordinary gift from God that he's given to me, and by surrendering it, and by that I mean thanking Jesus for loving me and loving that about me, and then allowing him to use that through me to love others. And all of my like senior year transition experience culminated in a point of me just letting go of needing to have a plan. Because as it turns out, nobody has a plan but and trusting God that he will do something with me. Um, long story short is here I am, and I love what I get to do. And I can see that God is completely provided where I still feel like I fall short. I still feel like, similar to Moses, like there's those things where I don't know if I can do this or I'm not good at it. There's that fear of when I throw it down of what God's going to do with my future. But he always provides and we can trust him. And there's a greater sense of purpose in us throwing it down. It's the purpose of loving God and loving others. And that's what we can see in the scriptures, the purpose of loving God and loving others. Um, and here's another thing, is throughout this process, like, since I've had, I've had opportunities to do things elsewhere, like doing the internship in other places, or like I could have applied for Young Life staff in different places, or I could have gone to grad school, I could have gotten a psych job. Like, there's a list of things, but I don't think it mattered what plan I chose. And I think to Jesus, it doesn't matter what plan we choose. God is a good God and wants to love us and use us to love others, and our purpose is that simple. And I truly believe that regardless of what I choose to do with my life, he will do that purpose through me. And 
here's a shocker, is I still don't have a plan, and I still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and I know that, I'm not sure if I'm going to be on Young Life staff for the rest of my life. I know I'll probably transition out of this role at some point. I don't know when that is, and I enjoy it for right now. But I know that regardless of what I choose to do, God's purpose will still have its way in me as long as I continue to surrender that at his feet. So like Moses and like the disciples and like myself, instead of focusing on what we can't do, let's focus on what God can do. Instead of focusing on what we don't have, where we feel like we're not enough, focusing on the gifts that are already in our hands. Because regardless of where we all end up or what plan we choose, I believe that Jesus will still have his way through us, his purpose being for us to recognize our gifts, throwing them down, surrendering them, and by his grace, letting him use those in us to love others. Um, many of you are at some sort of transition point, whether that's graduating or like picking a career or trying to even pick summer plans. We all have choices in front of us. Um, but hear me when I say this, that Jesus cares more about what you do with what's in your hands more than the plan that you choose. And there's a pastor by the name of Rick Warren who says, you cannot fulfill God's purposes for your life while focusing on your own plans. I think that's so true. And with this series of seeking God's purpose over his plan, his purpose in these verses is to love us and for us to go and love others. God sees the best in us and wants to use what we already have. And he asks us to lay it down so that he can use it. And his plan will unfold as we continue to do that. For all of us, the plan will look different, and that is so beautiful because God makes us so unique. But the common thread is throwing down what we have so he can use it to love us and love others. And my last point is, why does God ask what's in our hands? It's not for his benefit. He already knows. He made us. He's well aware. But it's for us to call out and recognize His purpose in these verses is for us to take ownership of the fact that we have the ability to love others with the gifts he's already given us. His plan beyond that is infinite. He is a good God who created us so unique and purposeful. And every person has such value and Jesus desires to use you right now where you're at with what you have. And so that's the invitation that I have for us tonight. And my hope is that you leave here and be able to have honest reflections about what it is that's in your hands. Is it a personality trait? Is it a specific talent or ability? Or is it passion for something? It can be an endless list of things. But for us to begin to think about the possibility that Jesus will use those ordinary, seemingly regular gifts, regardless of what you choose to do with your life. The invitation on the table is for us to throw everything down, all that we have at the feet of Jesus, trusting that he desires to love us through it and use us to love those around us. Guys, Jesus has the best intentions for your life. Like He has just the best things in store for you, and it takes a choice of us to lay that down for him. And it's scary to trust him with all of it, and it's definitely not easy, but it is the call to the best life. Like Jesus can do awesome things through us, and the purpose that we read tonight is just for God to love us and then for us to be able to go and love others. Um. Yeah, and I hope that as, as we go from here, you can have honest reflections about that and pray through what those gifts could be for you. And with that, I'll pray for us. <clears throat> Jesus, I thank you so much for your word. Um, I pray for each and every one of us. Um, just that you be revealing to us what's in our hands. How have you uniquely loved us and how can we use that to love others? I pray that you would give each of us the courage and strength to lay that down at your feet. 
trusting that you will use it to live out your purpose in us. We thank you that you're a good God who loves us and that you have awesome, wonderful intentions for us. May we continue to love you and trust you with all that we have. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.